de bana wende beyidi babi sepon de bana wende eboki balangwe de pon de bana weben madiba balangwe de pon de bana okwedi jalala isao balangwe de pon de bana wende beyidi babi sepon de bana wende eboki Studs on CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver. My guest this week, and you'll excuse me if I mispronounce, I'm going to try my best, is Olivier Schruin. Sh- <laughs> yeah. Did I get it? it? Sounds... How... No, it's totally wrong. But... <laughs> <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> and you just told me two seconds ago how to get it right. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's 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 a bastard. Yeah. T- t- why don't you tell the listeners how to how I should have pronounced uh, it? I, I, if, I, if I say my name, I say Olivier Schruin. But I guess to Americanize it, it it would sound like Olivier Schrauen. <laughs> I don't know. That's uh. 
Uh, Olivier's latest book is uh, The Man Who Grew His Beard from Fanographics. I think that came out, was that last year or earlier this year? I think uh, it was in, it must must have been last year, yeah. yeah. In the summer last year. 2011. Yeah. As well, you um, have uh, a comic you've been doing about your grandfather, uh, Arsene, uh, I totally... Shrawen. Shrawen. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, which I think there are some comic stores in North America that have been carrying it. I know. Uh, um, yeah, I, I made very few of them. So, but you can find them in um, in a couple of stores. I think Bergen Street in Brooklyn has it. Uh, it's called I don't know the the Desert Store or no oh, no Desert, Desert Island Island yeah Desert Island yeah. And um, there's one in Portland, but uh, I can't I forget the name right now. But uh, probably Floating World. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the only two places. But, uh. As well, you have uh, Grays, which I'm presuming is coming out in English next year. No, no, it's it's just this is a mini comic, but oh, okay. uh, the guy from um, Desert Island will has printed a version of it. Oh, so okay. It come out very soon I guess uh, I don't know when ex exactly but very soon well you're uh, on the note of Desert Island you're coming to New York for yeah. the Brooklyn Comics Graphic Festival in November on November 10th uh, yeah. which Desert Island co-sponsors or co-runs yeah so um, for folks in the New York area they'll be going to that you can meet Olivia at that show um now you're saying you're originally from Belgium. Yeah. Um which was my first presumption I'd read somewhere and then when we we're setting this up you mentioned you're in Germany. Um tell me about a bit about your kind of background with comics growing up. Um cuz I I look at your work and there's like this kind of contrast for me at one part they're very modern but mm -hmm. I really feel like you're taking a lot of um, early influence into your work yeah um, but actually the more early influences are more uh, I, uh, these are more recent uh, in, how do you call it inflictions or, um, it's, it's maybe for the last 10 years I've been reading a lot of these uh, early uh, uh, 20th century uh, comics, um, but before that, uh, mainly I read what what all of the kids uh, were reading in Belgium, uh, just uh, the new comics that were coming out. And then, but we had a lot of comics at home. My father is a big collector, and he uh, he also made some some comics himself when he was uh, younger. Now he now now he's he's 60 and he went on his pension and he's trying to make. Uh, graphic novel so I'm, I'm curious how that uh, what that will be uh. what kind of work was he making when he was younger was it like clear line so style like, what, what, what are you saying was it like clear line style or? it was a bit like um, yeah he liked clear line a lot uh, so it was a bit Hergé uh, uh, meets maybe uh, early Crump something like that but 
maybe a little less uh, virtuosic. Uh. So comics were uh, an important thing for you growing up. Yeah, it was very. It was yeah the, the main entertainment because I didn't watch much, or or my parents didn't allow me to watch too much of television. So that that was the main thing in the house. It changed later, maybe when I was fifteen. I started looking at movies and and be interested in music. But before that, it was only comics that I was interested in. So now, did yeah. you know that your father had drawn comics? Um, the whole time, or was this something you kind of? No, no, I, I, yeah, there were there was some pages uh, or some drawings of his that were in the house somewhere, and there were some old love letters he he had written. He, he used to make uh, love letters with a lot of uh, drawings in them. It looked <laughs> very very nice, but uh, a lot of them ha have been. Uh, my my mother's mother has has destroyed a lot of it, but. The ones that survived uh, look very uh, nice, all uh, like hand-colored uh, with very elaborate uh, romantic drawings. So that that I remember seeing that when I was a child that he was he had these made these things. So yeah. During this time, were you drawing a lot too while you're growing up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's what I did in my free time was making drawings. And I, I used to do that with my friends too. You like uh, get together and then you would tell each other stories and and illustrate it with uh, with drawings. Now, yeah. did you go to art school? I did when I was uh, about twenty. Oh no, I was maybe nineteen years old, and I went to study uh, animation. Oh, okay. Yeah, but before that, I didn't have any uh, art training, and the animation that I studied was very—it uh, was very technical. It was you learned how to really the like the almost the Disney style uh, or or the Disney way of animating, like uh, with these very fluent fluent motions and uh, that that kind of stuff. What did the comics look like that you were making at this time? Or were you making they looked very uh, from the beginning. They looked. I had a couple of styles, and I would make a comic in in like a more uh, cartoon style, and I would uh, try to draw a seri uh, like a realistic one. And I, I enjoyed like um, uh, trying different uh, things. So it it looked very. Uh, uh, it was like. Uh, um, how do you call it? There was just very different, uh, very uh, different styles. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, with the work that we kind of know from uh, when you're in the MoMA anthologies and mm -hmm. from your book, is that kind of very like a different point in for you of when you were drawing? You you mean a different? What do you mean? A like different very? Point? Is it very? It's like very different from your earlier work, um, as far as how yeah. you were drawing. And what you were drawing? Not really, I guess. I th I think you can always see the my hand in everything that I do, maybe. But um, in uh, in this book I made for Fantagraphics, the beard book, there's a lot of uh, very uh, 
uh, stuff that really is a bit different but uh, and I try to do that also in this period but I think it's there's something about uh, everything I did that's that kind of st stay the same uh, certain things I, I I will draw and other things I, I never draw uh, and there's a uh, yeah. now you mentioned kind of getting influenced later on by early 20th century comic strips um, mm. how like what was that change for you or that um like where did this like new influence come from um I don't know but th there was suddenly there was this uh, you could I could get my hands on these uh, big books uh, that, that, that they brought out um, little Nemo and, and slumberland you could I could get these books in in my hometown and this was really uh, I felt like the the only one who knew this stuff of course there were a lot, a lot of people who knew it but when I found this this big book I thought this is amazing this uh, this thing I, I uh, it immediately had a very big influence on, on my uh, way of drawing did you kind of want to try doing something in like the way they would tell a story it's no certainly not for I think Little Nemo I just looked at the drawings I, I, I it's only later on I would start reading the actually the stories and I found <laughs> them funny and, and um, now I like the stories but in the beginning I was just looking I, I thought these the stories don't matter this but uh, uh, I found it a uh, found out later that they really do matter the stories but in the beginning it was just a style i was just amazed by the this very uh insane uh coloring and, and uh, everything about it but i remember i also bought a book by um i, I bought crazy cat uh, during the same period and i did read that for some reason that was more i found that more um a thing to read. I don't know why. But, uh, yeah. It was that's an interesting one because mm. the language is so uniquely American in it. Yeah. And I'm wondering how that was for you, um, being from Belgium, um, and just these weird dialogues that you don't really know the context. But I I, I kind of thought that th there was a kind of an invented language that even if you were uh, English speaking, you didn't always know what what they were going on about. I thought it was this like Harriman's personal invented uh, weird language. So I I I like that, and I just you can still follow the the, the stories without um, understanding every word of it. There's there's something amazing about Harriman where. Um, when you look at his stuff, it's just such a complete cartoonist mm -hmm. in a way. Like it really frees up what you're doing because he he's just having fun, but it's so. Um, do, do you know what I mean? Like by a synergy mm -hmm. to it. Did you? Yeah, the, the, yeah. I had this more the sense of of synergy with him than I guess with. I mean, it was a bit similar to like what I had with um, Chris Ware, who, um, who also had this very complete uh, thing that everything seemed to work together in these comics. There was not a single aspect of it that, that didn't uh, just click uh, together. So I found that very attractive that uh, 
to have such a complete uh, um, yeah, to be able to do something that's so uh, completely right <laughs> mm. um, when I was looking through your book um, mm. it was I found it really uh, the, the short strips really striking mm. in kind of none of them felt the same mm -hmm. um, like stylistically topic wise they all very different um, but also like they're very concise and I'm wondering about like putting these particular stories together um, what are some of those ingredients you're pulling in um, yeah I didn't know the, the, um they're made, actually, how you see it in the book, they're made in the same chronology. So I made the first one first and then, but at first it was not really my intention to collect them uh, as, a, as a book. It was only about when it was halfway that I, I realized that it would be one thing. And then um, maybe the later stories are a bit more fitting together, but uh, yeah, it's it's, must be quite weird to read it if you uh, for me it's of course I made it myself it's not so weird but I can imagine that it might be kind of a, I mean if every story has this different mood and then I wonder if you can read it as a whole and I, that that uh, the breaks between the stories are not too annoying I don't know I tried to, right? <laughs> but I, I didn't try. I just hoped that it would be some kind uh, that would be some kind of uh, coherence, and but I don't know. I don't think the the breaks were annoying. <laughs> the, the, the what? I don't think the breaks were annoying. <laughs> uh, well, that's good. Uh, it's interesting to say that um, they're done chronologically mm -hmm. um, because you can uh, kind of see you're taking more chances with your work. Yeah, but I, the, the, the earliest story in it is, is the most like my earlier work. And um, before before I did the book, uh, for about two years, I didn't do any comics at all. So when I started to make the the first story, I, was, I really felt a bit, um, it was all, I, I did that first story for Mom and I thought, uh, I was a bit, uh, how do you call it, a bit uh, apprehensive or something, or I didn't feel very re relaxed about it. You can kind of tell when you see the story that it's very uh, stiff and, and <laughs> kind of, <laughs> which also, it, it has a, cer a certain charm uh, that it's so, bit, uh, yeah, like, but still I felt more at ease with later things in it, so. Uh, I probably can tell by by looking at the drawings or reading the stories.
How did you connect, get connected with Mo? I don't know how they, they why they or how they found me. I I, did, I just got uh, an email from uh, um, Eric Reynolds, who is the who was the editor, and he asked me to do a story. So I said yes, and then <laughs> <laughs> gave him a story about three months later. And, yeah. So all the the work was specifically new, made for Mo. Yeah, yeah. Everything in the book is was for a magazine or uh, or yeah. Um, that first story you kind of talked, you had, I guess you're saying like some kind of apprehension, not apprehensions, but some challenges in putting together. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of like the stiffness to it. Mm -hmm. Like you can kind of feel, like, the characters. Um, they're not comfortable and I kind of like I like how that that comes together yeah it, it feels a bit like they have to act but they're a bit uh, embarrassed or something about the fact that they have to do a play or something like yeah I don't know if this makes sense but. yeah no it's like they have they have these roles they have to play 
Yeah, yeah, they yeah, don't yeah, really yeah. have a choice. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. Um, I guess you can kind of see some kind of correlation with um, some of the surrealness of, say, early comic strips where there were such, like, weird, ridiculous fantasy realities. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but this particular first story, uh, there's some very strange exaggerations uh, there that some characters tend to uh, like get these uh, get very big or very round or whatever, or they transform as something uh, ridiculous. Yeah, but uh, I part of it I, I got from some uh, some manga story I once read, so it's not. The influence is not alone from these uh, early comic books. It it comes from everywhere. But I guess my my way of coloring and drawing makes it seem like it's all from the yeah. same source. That it's. Yeah. Do you take a? I'm presuming you're using Photoshop for coloring. Mm, for most of the the, especially my early stuff is all uh, Photoshop. Would trickery. You ta- would you steal? colors from these comic strips um, mm. to use for palettes or not really but I have this um, I discovered this way of, of coloring that that the effect is it, it looks very much uh, in the same uh, it looks very convincingly uh, like these old books but uh, it's more a coincidence that I ended up with these uh, because I used to work in a more more modern style and then but use the same kind of coloring and I said maybe and then I so it's mm, a, a bit of a coincidence I ended up there so mm-hmm. do you do you give yourself like a really limited palette that you're allowed to use yeah it's always a, a very restricted like uh like the the sky is blue and the, and this kind of blue and the the grass is green and this kind of green and I will use just a few colors. I, I guess I do that in every comic I I, I make. It's it's partly uh, also laziness, of course, but there's um, and also just a way to to tie everything together that it looks like one thing. Uh, some people get lost when they use too many colors, so I don't know if it's laziness or. Uh, it's a combination of, <laughs> of, of, of many things. <laughs> the uh, the hairstyles. Um, <clears throat> it was I was interested in that. Um, it reminds me of uh, some of those old uh, horrible eugenic uh, drawings. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 Um, was that something you'd seen or kind of yeah, I guess yeah I, I must have seen it somewhere. it's called uh, no it's not really a comment but uh, I find this very uh, uh, at the same time I was reading some old uh, psychology book with very uh, um, politically incorrect uh, theories and it's, uh, it's very pleasure uh, it's really a pleasure to re- read that kind of stuff I don't know why I find it so attractive but uh, some of it uh, find it found its way into my comics now that story you kind of change up your style 
a lot and I'm curious about mm. these pages you have in there um, are they they look like they're almost prints like uh, etching prints it's, uh, which ones you mean uh... in in the in the hair story uh, uh, but the most most of them are actually uh, are prints um, this is part of my uh, coloring trick that's to to print my um, I, I color my my pages on in Photoshop and then I print them and then I uh, kind of work with some work on them with some some paint and a sponge and then they look very uh, uh, old and and uh, kind of uh, yeah the that's for like the like those beige washes yeah 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 but also uh, the the, 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 the I wash off some of the, the original uh, colors, so it looks a bit. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like the original from the printout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you like you'll have like a inkjet. It's yeah, I have very old inkjet actually. It's I have I ha had it for about fourteen years, I guess, and uh, it's quite expensive to to use these this <laughs> thing because the inks are so so it's not. I try not to use it for recent comics because it's just too expensive to. <laughs> so. so do you have like say you'll have do you do like your pencils and inks scan that in and then color it and then print it out? Uh, sometimes I do that, yeah. But may, so, sometimes just plain uh, um Photoshop colors and then I, I I just print those and then uh, work on it a little bit with a sponge and then I get a, it's a very simple trick actually but uh, it has a, a nice effect do you ever use um, like uh, to draw on the computer like a tablet uh, a tablet I had I had one of these things but uh, I, I don't have the patience to learn how to work with it so it's I just color with uh, I even draw with the mouse, so it's most confu uh, I'm most used to that thing. So, <laughs> but nowadays I, I think I, I mostly I do the coloring just uh, by hand, or I I take another piece of paper and and do the do it on another piece of paper and put them together in the, in the computer. But I avoid too much uh, computer coloring. Yeah. Yeah. One story. It looks like you almost just photocopied. You colored it and then photocopied it. I don't, yeah, it might be that, that the, it looks like that. <laughs> the outside, inside. Yeah, yeah. Like it looks like almost like a black and white Xerox. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but it's the same trick but uh, slightly different. Uh, some. But the part, the other, this uh, this story, uh, one part of it is actually just painted by hand, uh, like the the elaborate. Um, Drawings that you have, um, how do you call it? Like the forest or the? Yeah, yeah. no, you have the w one part is in grays and it has a kind of a realistic drawing style. This is computer colors, but the other parts, with the, the more like they look a bit like um, medieval. Uh, oh, the, the yeah. they kind of look like um, illuminated manuscripts. Yeah, yeah, this thing is I, d I did that by hand, so there you can see the difference. Was that that was kind of what you're going for? Was that kind of that feeling those like biblical manuscript? Not really, but people always 
tell me <laughs> it looked like that, but it was not uh, the thing I was going for. Uh, it just had to be like a bit. Uh, it had to look like folk art, but um, so and I was looking for a way to to have to make it look very. Uh, like uh, you see in a lot of folk art, it looks very. Um, the composition is somehow very um, stilted, almost. Yeah, but I mean, th they do it without too much he hesitation. It it looks like it's it's done how it uh, without. Um, if I draw, it always gets a bit. Uh, you see my uh, my hesitations and my my. It doesn't have a natural um, balance. Which I often see in, in uh, for instance, also uh, child's drawings, or that it really looks like it's done without too much uh, self-conscious uh, uh, troubles. It just bursts bursts out on the paper, and it looks it has a certain uh, it's like nature. It looks right. So yeah. I wanted to find a way to look to. to to make my drawings look a bit balanced, so I put, I made them very uh, symmetrical, so then they look at least they look a bit, they had a more power to them. So that, but that made them look a bit like these medieval illuminations, uh, 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 or yeah, yeah, they kind of follow this kind of. Um... No, it's no problem, but it was not completely what I was looking <laughs> for. <laughs> you accidentally fell into that. Yeah, but it was it's okay. Turned out fine. Um, how much does where you grew up kind of come in to the environment of where the comics are? Mm. <laughs> or like kind of where you live? Because I was I was thinking I was looking reading this and then I read the the other work you said mm. the one about your grandfather and mm. it kind of reminded me. I'm going to go way off track here. Uh, mm -hmm. This uh, quote from uh, these Kurt Rock musicians talking about how uh, their music um, was to do with like the rivers that were around them. And yeah. I kind of felt like with your comics, I felt like it was very much like the nature that you're around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Are you around much nature? Well, I'm not living in a commune in uh, somewhere in the. I'm really living in a very, uh, very gray. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when I look out of my window, I, see, I only see bricks. So uh, I guess it's. Uh, uh, I don't know what that. <laughs> <laughs> I always think that my the, my environment has very. It has some kind of uh, influence, but not very direct. It's not. When I go to the forest, I won't be drawing a, a forest scene the next day. It's just... Um, well, not even necessarily... Um, mm. I guess... I'm trying to think of how, how to word this right. Like It's like the environment you're in. Like Not necessarily um, specific here you mm. are, but mm. just like what you've kind of been exposed to and what you've been around in your life. Yeah, it, it has an influence, but it's very indirect. It's very, uh, it always uh, finds some, uh, like for instance, uh, the fact that I was ended up in Berlin and I was reading about some, um, I found this book about uh, a German, actually he's not from Germany, he's uh, from Germany, he's from uh, um, 
but a guy called uh, Adolf Wolfley, and I found this book about him in this in the library here, uh, and this had a uh, this had immediately had an influence on on my comics, but uh, um, for the most part, it always finds uh, finds uh, like uh, uh, some oblique way to into my comics. Well, tell me about this book. Which one? Ah, oh, okay. That, yeah. Um, Wolfley is a guy who had he had some he had a terrible uh, childhood. Uh, he grew up somewhere in the I guess late twentieth um, century. Uh, no, early twentieth century. And he uh, he I think he he was a pedophile and he was a, a brute and he had he ra he ran into all sorts of trouble. And he, they finally they locked him up in some uh, institution. But um, when he was there, he started uh, to make very elaborate uh, drawings, and he would invent um, a sort of a, he would reinvent his own life and make it much more uh, heroic and interesting. And he would, he made a very big book about his own life and his great adventures, and he would make very elaborate, quite abstract drawings uh, um, with it. He also made kind of a musical score to go together with it in this kind of an invented uh, um, invented music language. Mm -hmm. So it was a very complete thing that he, he managed to... Uh, but I read his autobiographical... He, he also had um, told about his youth and it, this was very... Uh, for some reason, I found that very uh, impressive. Um, kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, a little Henry Darger. Yeah, it's a similar, yeah, but he he really. Um, but I, I mean, think, I guess, we don't have any yeah. Henry Darger's biography. I guess. <laughs> no, but uh, it's 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 a similar story. But um, I think uh, Wolfley was really. Uh, there was uh, some doctor who really uh, was was um, kind of encouraging his drawing, and he so the fact that that his work has uh, still exists uh, probably to, has something to do with his uh, with his doctor. Do you does drawing take on a real personal thing for you, um, as far as like really reflection of who you are and what you're going through? I guess so. I, I never. It kind of um, I I notice that I'm I get very uh, uh, tied up with my drawing. I mean, if I, um, for instance, if I, I I'm drawing a certain scene and a certain character is doing something, and I don't know how to draw the, a particular action, I don't look at uh, at pictures of. I don't try to. I just acted out a bit, and then I get a feeling by acting out the scene that I want to draw. I get a better feeling for this scene, and I can draw it better. So somehow it's kind of <laughs> I, I'm I'm acting out what I'm, or there's a certain yeah. Uh, I'm I feel involved with it with my stories when I draw them. Yeah. In in the man who grew his beard in the book, mm. one of the stories I find the most kind of 
interesting and then visually striking is the uh, the last story in the book. Um, and I'm curious Which about putting that one together. I don't even is know the this the one, one with the uh, on the beach? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess this is the silliest one I, I made for it because it's it really doesn't have. There's almost no almost no story. And beginning, I give some some kind of. Uh, an indication of a story, but it's just uh, it's more or less bullshit. It's just a way to get this uh, this series of drawings started. So, um, but I was yeah, I w it's a bit. I wanted to do a bit of a musical ending, like that it would end in some kind of feedback. <laughs> but that was the idea, and then that's what happens in the end. It's like a Sonic yeah. Youth concert. Yeah, but then I guess if you, um, I mean, the story is about some device that enables you to to see or what you are uh, fantasizing about. But I guess if that you would get in some kind of a feedback loop, if you would would not, uh, if your fantasy wouldn't go fast enough, I guess you would get inside some kind of loop like you have when you like video feedback or something. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so you like you did you have this image in mind, and you wanted to find a way to make so you could use that image. Um, yeah, but I was not really sure I would put it in the end of the or it. it I, I I knew that I wanted to be part it to be part of the story, but uh, it ended up in the end. So, but it's really quite a story, a pointless story, I guess. It's just. Uh, <laughs> 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 but it's such a great way to end the book I, I hope so yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I had more elaborate idea I guess but it was too complicated to draw it uh, I wanted to go into like uh, fractals or something and have some some weird uh, constellation of, of little images but it got too uh, it got too difficult to draw to de too much detail so I but okay, turn out <laughs> fine, I guess. It seems like you kind of you um, want to draw these ideas, and it's figuring out how that idea could look. Uh, no way! It, it it always comes together. Like I have like a sort of a, an idea that's kind of narrative, and also I see how I can do it. It that it looks convincing. It. I only start when I see both together. Like uh, when I have a, a really a cartoon idea, then I, I can work on it. But if I have a more, if I have just a, an idea for drawing or for for something else, it doesn't really work. Oh, sorry, that's probably not very. <laughs> no, no, that does. Um, <laughs> why don't we talk a little bit about the uh, the new work you have coming out? Uh, the first one being uh, the one. Um, about your grandfather, uh, Arsene. Yeah. Um, Shruin. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to get it right. Uh, Sounds better now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm guessing it's kind of a made-up story about your grandfather. For the most part, it's it's made up, but um, yeah, it's a sort of um, biographical. Uh, story but um, it's pieced together from things I knew and, and things I heard or, or just nonsense uh, um, and, but yeah 
Did you know your grandfather very well? I, I knew him for a long time, but he he never told me very much about himself. And I knew he was in in the. He went to uh, Congo, which is a Belgian colony, and he was there for a couple of years. And I knew some things he did there, and I I always I was always intrigued by it, but he would never tell me anything about it. So uh, I kind of have to make it up now, and uh, um. So yeah. It's not something he he was very happy about, or I don't know. Maybe he, I, maybe there was something embarrassing about it, or or something I didn't know, but or just but he didn't talk much in general. It was just a, he was just a quiet man. Uh, maybe yeah. Um, why choose your grandfather as a as a character then to kind of play with? Because he, uh, it's it's kind of an alter ego, easy way to have some kind of, uh, to have some, to put of some of my own uh, experiences into it, and so it's, it's far more uh, autobiographical than than uh, biographical, I, I guess. Uh, it's, it's like yeah. this idea of, I guess, like familial tradition, almost, or just not familial tradition. Um, yeah. My brain's not working this morning. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is a longer story you're working on. Yeah, I, I can. It, I, I guess it will be about 200 pages. Um, the first part is uh, about 60 pages, and now I'm, I'm working on the second one. Now, was it printed on a risograph or? Yeah, yeah. It's actually um, we have one here at, at, at home, so I, I print it myself. I've seen photos of it. Um, yeah. Is this the first time you've tried using a risograph for printing comics, or? Uh, I did some some small things before, but uh, this is the re uh, the first uh, real book I, I make with it. Uh, so uh, it's a very strange machine. Uh, it has it's quite old, and uh, it has software on it, but uh, that software it doesn't work very well. So it's always very uh, uh, kind of. Uh, uh, stressy uh, thing to uh, to work with it. I get very uh, angry and uh, frustrated when something doesn't work. But uh, I guess that's the way it goes with this machine. Tell me about the uh, choice in in color usage for it, because um, you use different colors. <laughs> yeah, there's only two colors because I only have two colors. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very easy choice. Do you want to do more colors with it, or? No, but I, I, it looks fine actually now, and um, and now it's just a blue and red. Yeah. And it kind of, and I don't know if this, but in in Belgium you had these uh, in the forties they made these uh, books that were uh, in two colors, and then you ha you would have ten pages of of red colored pages, and then. Ten pages of blue-colored uh, pages, and that they made books like that for a while. So it kind of looks like that, but I use it in a more. Uh, um, it has some uh, meaning when the color changes in my in my uh, book. But yeah. there's something neat where you can kind of really use just one color as. Mm -hmm as a signifier where before you have all these other colors and you kind of have to limit yourself now. Mm -hmm. 
it's fun it's 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 really uh it it i can do very simple effects but they have they're quite uh, powerful i guess it's like in in some minimal music when only hear a simple beat and when one when they add one more maybe a symbol that immediately have a, has a big uh, impact so mm-hmm. i guess it's the same with these two colors i can whenever i change the colors it it's really a, a big difference i can really put some uh, accents there it's a strong change mm-hmm. um and you'll have some of those when you're in new york i'll print some new ones and and bring them along uh, as much as I can carry, I, I don't know how I will do it. But, uh, <laughs> uh, and then another book you have out or coming out the just called Greys. Um, I'm presuming mm. fictional. It's yeah. It's I have to uh, disappoint you again. <laughs> <laughs> have is our uh, aliens something you've always been kind of interested in? I always, uh, always interested in people who tell these alien stories, uh, and 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 uh, they will have sim- very similar stories about these uh, how they have been uh, abducted and they, they have um, have had these tests um, or yeah, this very uh, universal uh, uh, abduction story that I found quite, find quite intriguing, and I. I I liked the idea of putting myself in this situation and like uh, describing each uh, step of how it is to be abducted and then be in the spaceship and be uh, yeah. Like if you if you were abducted, this would be your experience. Yeah, I think it's it's too cartoony. I would feel <laughs> probably be be screaming all the time. So <laughs> I'm quite cool in the comic, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and Mogli Mir, that's published in France, in Belgium. Yeah, no, it's only published in France. Uh, in France, might be. Uh, maybe I will try to reprint it at a certain point, but uh, I don't know when yet. Uh. Um, I like with that one and some of the other ones you're still using this like really limited, uh, palette and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Know, it works really nicely with that because it's such a unique, specific little story. Yeah, it was. It was uh, again. It was more uh, because I could only use those two uh, colors, uh, so I kind of uh, that became uh, an important restriction. But it was fun to work with that. Was that that was published by someone else? It's just a very. It was published by a very small uh, publisher in um, in Paris, and he. Uh, it, there's also not a lot of. They made maybe thousand a thousand of them. Okay. So it's out of print already, I guess. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Did you? It's uh, about or kind of your take on Mowgli from the Jungle Book. Mm, but initially, it was. It had nothing to do with uh, Mowgli. I just. Kind I was. Did. Yeah, it, it, I was drawing just a, a naked guy uh, touching his hair, and then suddenly I added uh, a monkey, and then that was the first version of the story. And I made a, a, a couple of pages like that, and then suddenly uh, 
it morphed into this uh, Mowgli story, but it went without much uh, consideration. It just more or less naturally. Now you're from Belgium, uh, <laughs> and f uh, where there is a really strong comics community, uh, comics tradition, but now you live in Germany, and I'm wondering yeah. what that's been like for you, because there isn't as strong a community there. Mm. There, there is some amazing cartoonists there, but it's not as, uh, I guess, internationally known as, as comics. It's true. It's there's a very um, small group of people who, who really uh, try to make uh, like a more uh, artistic uh, comics or whatever you you want to call them. But uh, but there um, a lot of these people are living in Berlin, so. Uh, I don't feel uh, totally alienated here or something. Mm -hmm. mm. Your whereabouts are you in Germany? I'm in Berlin. Oh, you're in Berlin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I've I've talked to some some German cartoonists and and Austrian cartoonists, and it seems like it's very almost very kind of based in more the the art angle than necessarily the uh, cartoony angle. Kind of put it. Uh, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> it's kind of different. I mean, um, I think they in the in German culture, or to, as far as I know it, it's often very divided between very serious art, artistic things, and then more things that are more for entertainment. And so this crossover of high and low art, you don't see it that much. Uh, like you don't see it as much like in Belgium. You have it much more like. Yeah, it's, a comic is not necessarily not necessarily something uh, silly, but yeah, it's yeah, but yeah, I don't know. So this is changing, of course, uh, and there's more and more people getting interested in more arty comics here too. So I think it's it's, it's something of the past. Um, just to remind folks, I've been talking to Olivier Schwaun. <laughs> Sounds good. I got it okay. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah, tried. My my girlfriend laughs at me when she hears me try to say anything in French. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk to me. Uh, just to remind folks, his book is "The Man Who Grew His Beard," as well, um, "Grays," which will be coming out. Um, soon. Uh, soon from uh, <laughs> the fine gentleman at Desert Island, as well as uh, Arsene uh, Schuen. Yeah, the, this for this one you have to send me a mail, then I can get you one if you if you're interested. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there are some some nice comic stores in North America that have it as well. Um, yeah. Thank you so much, Olivier. Okay, thank you. I really appreciate it. In my heart, if that is where one feels, I shall feel your head lying back, sending peals of laughter to ring the world like a bell. I ring to call you here.
telephone please in my blues when I'm alone if it can be done you know that I for one would be so very grateful Some strange unknown danger or just my heart Beating so noisily one never really knows Till it's far too late to see Better late than never, oh Louise, won't you please Time out running hard, please tie it to your gate the sun we wait for in the morning and the moon we long to see setting in the evening when night lies ahead 